So I suspect that if you're here tonight, there's a good chance you've had some experience with observing Ash Wednesday and Lent. But I also realize that for some of you, this may be a new thing. And the reason uh, I'm sensitive that, to that is because, to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience observing this time myself. Uh, I grew up in a church in a household where uh, the main events in the year were Easter and Christmas. And besides that, in terms of holidays that had to do with uh, religious observance, had to do with our faith, we didn't really celebrate much more than that. And so over the last few years, I've been learning about the value of observing these times and and the significance of them. Now, as I said right before our opening prayer, the purpose of Lent, which Ash Wednesday begins, is supposed to be to prepare us for Easter. Easter. It's supposed to be to get us ready for that celebration of Jesus' resurrection. Uh, Lent is supposed to make it so that when that special day comes, it's not just another day, uh, but it's something that we really feel. We feel the weight of it. We feel the significance of it. Um, Now, of course, the reason that Jesus' resurrection is such a cause for celebration is because it's a sign of victory over three things. The devil, sin, and death. Uh, All of those three things are realities that bring an incredible amount of pain and disorder into the world and into our lives. The devil, sin, and death. And Jesus' resurrection is a sign uh, that there is victory over all those those things. There is something that is stronger than all three of those things. And of course, all three of those things are very much related. It is the devil that tempts us to sin, uh, and it is sin that leads to death. Genesis, uh, we studied Genesis, as you probably remember, uh, Genesis 1 through 11 over the last few months, and Genesis 2 and 3 make it uh, very clear uh, that the devil tempts humanity to sin, and then sin once it is acted upon, leads to death. Uh, Adam and Eve had access to the tree of life, which gave them eternal life uh, before they sinned. And then after they sinned, access to the tree of life was cut off. Uh, But at Easter, we celebrate and experience this glorious reality that there is someone who is stronger than all three of those things. Stronger than the devil, stronger than sin, stronger than death. Jesus Christ. The devil couldn't make him succumb to temptation. He refused to give in to sin. And he willingly bore the weight of of our sin on himself. And death couldn't hold him down. And because of what Jesus did, we can have great hope that through him, we also can have victory over death and sin and the devil. Now, of course, the fact that Jesus had this victory over these three things should be a source of joy for us every single day. Uh, But I think it's easy for us to lose sight of how glorious Jesus' victory over these things is. Because it's easy for us to lose sight of the fact that we are sinners and we are mortal. And so Lent is the time when we try to discipline ourselves to be fully aware of two uncomfortable facts. One, I'm a sinner. And two, I'm going to die. Not exactly something you want to put on a bumper sticker, but um, two truths. And 
you know, I would encourage us, even though it seems depressing, to write those two things on note cards and put them in strategic places in the house during Lent, just for that continual reminder, I'm a sinner and I'm going to die. And again, the point here is not to depress us, but it's to make us realize what an incredible gift we have through Jesus Christ. Because until we're really aware of our problem, we can't really feel the blessing of the solution. Now, we all, every one of us, we've got this natural tendency to not think about this, these two facts. Uh, this natural tendency to justify our behavior to ourselves and to think that we're, we're better than we really are or to compare ourselves to other people to make ourselves think that we're not really sinners. Or if we are sinners, we're like, yeah, well, I'm a sinner, but that just means I'm not perfect. I mean, overall, I'm actually pretty good. Um, or we try to deny the reality that we're going to die. It's an uncomfortable thing to think about. And I, I'm not saying that we should be thinking about that every second of the day, but these are two realities about our condition that on a continual basis we try to suppress, we try to push down. We, we don't want to think about those two things. But before we can really appreciate the victory that Jesus has won, before we can, we can really feel and experience that, we've got to be honest about our condition. We've got to be honest about these two things. And so, in order to do that, I have three suggestions for things that we can do during this Lenten season to be aware of our spiritual condition so that we can fully appreciate what Jesus has done. And the first one, and actually all three of these things are going to have to do with what the church has historically done for a very long time. Um, and maybe in the past you've heard about these practices and they've just kind of seemed empty or hollow. And now I see, looking at them more closely, when I connect them to what they're actually supposed to be about, I see the value in them. So the first one would be to eliminate distraction. To eliminate distraction. One of the things that keeps us from being aware of our spiritual condition is just constant distraction. And we're more distracted today than any other time in history. Uh, according to one study, smartphone users, on average, tap their phones 2,617 times a day. That's just the average, the average user. Uh, we have more entertainment available to us than any other time in history. Just through the click of a button, we can binge watch an entire season of a television show. Um, at least in the past, you had to wait week to week, but you know now we can get it all at once. And that means that if we don't want to confront the realities of our, our, of our lives, if we don't want to look at our spiritual condition square in the face and acknowledge it, we can always find something to keep our brains uh, preoccupied. We can always find something to, uh, to focus our attention on. And we can always find <clears throat> something to take our attention off of things of the spirit and focus it on the things of the world. We just have a near infinite array of options to assist us in doing that. So I encourage us to ask ourselves uh, over the next 40 days, you know, what distractions can I try eliminating from my life in order to be more aware of the spiritual realm, to be more aware of my condition? You know, it might mean eliminating Facebook for a while or Instagram or you know, maybe you just need to turn off the notifications on your phone, you know, so that it's not always buzzing and getting your attention. Uh, you might need to give up Netflix or television or 
some silly game on your phone that you're addicted to, and whenever you get even the slightest bit bored, you pull that out and start playing with that. You know, try to identify something in your life that, that keeps you distracted, and for a period of time, intentionally cut it out. Second thing I encourage us to do is practice self-denial. This is not a popular thing in our, in our culture. Um, now, this is certainly part of eliminating distraction. If you're eliminating distractions from your life, obviously they're distractions that you're inclined to be distracted by, and so you have to practice some self-denial in order to cut, off the, cut out the Facebook or whatever it might be. Um, but in addition to just eliminating distraction, I think there's some value in us uh, saying no for a period of time to something that we want. Not necessarily a bad thing, but just something that we want. And I want to be clear, I'm not asking us to just beat ourselves up and you know, completely deny ourselves of any enjoyment or, or pleasure. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's valuable to choose to abstain from something for a period of time. Something that you want and to just willingly give it up. Uh, it could be coffee. That would be a very hard one for me. I love coffee. Uh, it could be soda. It could be alcohol. It could be pizza. Um, it could be social media. Uh, maybe you, you could give up listening to music for a period of time when you're in the car or podcasts if that's something you do. You know, think of something that you have a regular desire for but you don't need. And then as an act of worship, say, for the next 40 days, I'm just going to abstain from this thing. Now, you might be wondering, as I have in the past when I heard people talk about abstaining from something for Lent, why is that valuable? You know, what, what could possibly be the value in, in doing that? Well, I can think of a couple things. So, one is it turns a desire into a reminder of our condition. And what I mean by that is if you decide, okay, I'm going to abstain from this thing because of this period of time that's going on in the Christian calendar right now, every time you feel the desire for that pizza or that coffee and you willingly choose to abstain, you have, you have something to remind you, oh yeah, I am a sinner, I am going to die. And it is only by God's grace you know, that I am redeemed. You, you take something that is a regular desire and you transform it into something that inevitably reminds you of what you're supposed to be focusing on during this time. Uh, two, it's valuable because it's a way of showing we take God seriously and that we're open to him changing us, uh, that we're actually open to him affecting our lives in, in, in a way that might cost us something. You know, God probably doesn't want you to eliminate coffee from your life forever. I, I doubt he really cares that much. But if you're able to give up coffee for a short period of time out of a desire to honor him, or whatever it is, that strengthens you to be able to give up things that God really does want you to give up, you know, when he calls you to give them up. And um, it's a way of showing, God, I take you seriously enough, you are important enough to me that I am willing to give something up out of honor for you for a period of time. And, and I want to be ready if you really want me to cut something out of my life that's truly harmful or dangerous uh, to do that. And, and lastly, self-denial is also valuable because it helps us to appreciate Jesus' self-denial. You know, when 
when God the Son took on human flesh and came to earth, he gave up so much. It was self-denial in the extreme. He gave up omnipresence. He gave up omniscience. Uh, He limited his power in an incredible way. I mean, he became a baby for a period of time. He couldn't even speak or take care of himself. That's incredible, incredible self-denial. And of course, he denied himself to the point of dying on a cross and suffering that and bearing the weight of our sin. You know, surely we could give up something for a period of time so that we can acknowledge his self-denial and feel it a little bit ourselves. You know, when we're willing to, to give up something, it's a way of saying, Lord, I recognize that you gave up everything. So finally, uh, the last thing that I think we should do during this Lenten season is practice confession. Practice confession. Uh, If I were to describe confession as simply as possible, as quickly as possible, I would put it this way. Confession is being real. Uh, It's telling the truth about ourselves, uh, to ourselves, to God, and to other people. Telling the truth about ourselves, to ourselves, to God, and to other people. You know, confession is, is owning our mistakes, and it's asking for forgiveness for those mistakes. And so one thing I would encourage us to do uh, over this, this next 40 days is to reflect on <clears throat> who am I not at peace with? Is there somebody in my life that I'm not at peace with? And then to ask, if I'm not at peace with this person, what can I confess in order to improve the relationship? And I realize there may be some situations where you don't have peace with a person, and that, the answer is going to be, well, nothing. <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't always work that way. But there, there are situations that we often find ourselves in where there's something off in a relationship that we have, and it's because we haven't been totally honest with them and with ourselves about our actions. And Lent is a great time to, to, to assess, you know, if any of those situations are, are in our lives right now, and to take steps to confess and, and ask for forgiveness. I mean, of course, this is something that we should be doing all year round, not just at Lent, but the reality is sometimes we need a little push, and uh, we need a reminder, and I just encourage us to let this time of year be that reminder, that little push that we need. So to help us get started, these are my three suggestions uh, to help us to to start getting real. Uh, Let's stand together, and we're going to say some words from Psalm 51, which is a time where David got really real uh, with himself and with God about his condition and about what was going on in his life. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me.
Restore to me the joy of your salvation.